0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. So Gary, special order is a brand new Dell XPS Tower Special Edition. I uh, mentioned this computer, that Dell XPS Tower Special Edition, because it's rated the best computer on some random website that I was on. Uh, so if you're a uh, if you're a, a Apple person, forgive me for that. But uh, he can hardly wait to utilize this uh, computer. It's got a uh, Intel Core i7. Uh, the graphics are ten eight GTX 1080 GeForce. It's got a 16 gigabyte RAM. Uh, he can hardly wait to get this thing in action. He uh, waits and he waits and finally it arrives until he unwraps it like a kid on Christmas and isn't that true oftentimes with men we are just big kids. He unwraps it like a kid on Christmas and he sets it up on his desk. He's had a place cleared out uh, for weeks now just waiting to put it there. Uh, he connects the monitor and the tower and the keyboard, puts it all together. Uh, he even le- leaves the thin plastic cover over some of the uh, some some parts of it just to kind of keep it protected. Uh, Now the moment of truth he's been waiting on. He uh, hits that power button and waits for it to come on, and, well, nothing happens. Well, he thinks to himself, well, maybe I need to hold it down a second. So he holds down this power button for a moment. Still nothing. He can't believe it. He's distraught. He calls Dell, and he tells the representative his problem. And I wish Lance were here tonight because, you know, one of the very first things uh, that uh, these uh, people will ask you is, did you plug it in? in? Is it plugged in? Of course, he says, of course, it's plugged in. I'm not an idiot. Uh, It just won't come on. And he says, well, well, patiently, he says, well, would you mind double checking? Would you mind double checking? And so he checks and he did plug it into the power strip. But he didn't plug the power strip into the wall. And so without that, he's got this, uh, this computer that's rated one of the best computers, definitely the best PC out there. And uh, here it is, it doesn't work properly. Why? I mean, all the components, all the capability, again, uh, the, this mega RAM stuff and, and this great core and everything it has in it, memory and processors and uh, whatnot. Uh, I'm just talking foreignness to my own self right now. Foreignish, if that's a word, anyway. Uh, but my point is this without power it doesn't have proper capability it doesn't do what it's supposed to do it's really not doing accomplishing a whole lot whatsoever with all that it can do it doesn't accomplish that and the message i'd like to preach or teach to you tonight is on this topic on power for living power for living The Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, and I just want to deal with this one verse uh, over the next couple uh, times that that we have on Wednesday night, I'll deal with this topic. But the Bible says, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the wonderful privilege that is mine to stand behind this pulpit, to open up this everlasting word that's forever settled in heaven, Lord God, and to stand in uh, this place in this time, God, that you've ordained from the foundation of the earth. No one's here by accident, dear God. I believe each one here tonight is here for a purpose. And I pray that you'll help us, God, to hear your voice. I pray you'll help us to heed your voice. If there's anybody that's not saved, God, I pray you'll convict their hearts. And for those of us that are, are saved, God, I pray that you'll help us to get plugged in. And we'll thank you, dear Lord, for that. For it's in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Well, I want to preach to you tonight about power for living. And again, it'll take me maybe a couple of weeks to get through everything I'd like to share with you. And then even in that, I will not share everything there is to share on the topic. But I want to talk about this power for living, how that it's promised. This power for living is promised. This power for living is very practical. This power for living is prescribed. And this power for living, excuse the redundancy, is powerful. (laughs) Amen. is powerful. It really makes a difference. It works. One of the biggest problems perhaps that many Christians face in regards to a full personal victory in their lives is thinking that being saved is enough. Being saved is enough. Now, being saved is enough if you want to go to heaven when you die. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Uh, Being saved is enough. But but, but to, to really lay hold on the victory that God has for our life, the success that he wants us to have. See, again, many people think that by having God in their lives that it guarantees success. What's more, some make the mistake of thinking that they just need more of God. If I could just have more of God in my life. Can I tell you something tonight? If you are saved by God's grace, you do not need more of God. You do not need more of God. Now, before you walk out on me tonight, I want to tell you what what we do need is this. It's not that we need more of God. You do not need more of God. God needs more of you. God does not come in piecemeal the way some denominations would teach it, you know, that you get the Son, then you get the Father, then one day you get good enough and you get the Holy Ghost. Well, that's not the way it works. God is one, uh, there's one God, amen? And when you're saved by God's grace, the Bible says the Holy Spirit of God, we're, we're adopted into the family of God, we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the Holy Spirit of God moves in on the inside of us. And right then and there, we have, the moment you were saved, you had all of God you will ever get so the issue is not that we need more of God. The issue is if we're going to really experience the success that God would have us to have, he, we need to give Him more of us. More of us. Now, the work of the Holy Spirit of God is woven throughout uh, the work of redemption as clearly illustrated in the chapters of, of Ephesians. And I'll give these just a couple to you uh, quickly here. Ephesians 1.13. The Bible says we were sealed... With that Holy Spirit of promise. So if you're saved, you have been sealed with the Spirit. The Bible in Ephesians 1.17 speaks about the Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. So the Spirit of wisdom. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.18 that we have access by the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians 2.22, the Bible says that we've been built together, uh, that in whom ye also builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So we are a habitation for the Spirit of God. And the Bible says in Ephesians 3.16, to be strengthened by the Spirit of God in the inner man. Ephesians four three talks about the unity of the spirit. Ephesians four twenty three talks about the spirit of your mind. Uh, but then Ephesians four thirty says, "And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby once again ye are sealed unto the day of redemption." Uh, Ephesians five verse nine talks about the fruit of the spirit. Um, Ephesians 5.18, filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 6.17 talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the Bible says we are to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So the power for living, as we're going to see here, without getting too far ahead of myself, if you read the entire context of this chapter and if you read the Word of God, there's one thing that's inescapable in the New Testament and in the lives of New Testament Christians, and that's that we need some power for living. Thank God for natural gifts and talents and even the acumen of some to be able to learn uh, you know, uh, uh, great things and to accomplish great things and, and, and the great gifted people that we have even within this church. But folks, uh, that, many of those gifts, by the way, comes from the Holy Spirit of God. But it's not that God says, oh man, you think about this for just a moment. When, when Jesus Christ said, okay, I am going to build my church. I am going to change the world. I need a good foundation. Can you imagine if you were trying to do something that was supposed to change the world? I doubt that you'd go back down by the seaside and try to get a bunch of rough and tumble fishermen. And especially in the day and age, and it's really not too much different uh, in the day and age in which we live, that people, these men that the Lord Jesus went and got, they were not learned men. They were considered ignorant men. These men had blaring weaknesses. Uh, But God said, these are the men I want. These are the men. What qualified them? The the, the fact that they were available. Not that they were gifted men in and of themselves necessarily, though God did give them some natural gifts as He does each of us. But it was the work of the Spirit of God. And it's the work of God's Spirit through us. But it's not just for ministry. Don't mistake this. Uh, It's in every area of our life as we'll... see and at least get to highlight here in a moment. First of all, I want to say that this, uh, this power, this Holy Spirit of God was promised. The Bible says in John 16 verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you to go away, Christ says. He says, For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will. I will send him unto you. So Jesus says, When I go away, the Holy Spirit's coming. And over and over again, he promised that the Holy Spirit, he said, tarry ye here in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And so once Jesus died and shed his blood and was resurrected and ascended, then the Holy Spirit came down to dwell in the hearts of those that are saved and to convict the hearts of those that are not saved. Uh, That's the work that he does. Uh, And this work was a promised work. So it was promised. But I want to say this. This work is practical. This is where we get the power for living thought. This work is practical. We usually think of the power of the Holy Spirit of God, again, when we think about preaching. And you may even think about it for witnessing. Lord, I want to be a witness. I need the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Well, that is absolutely right. (laughs) We do. if we're going to do those what we think of as Christian activities or ministry activities. But it's really interesting when you go through this chapter, uh, just look at it here with me quickly. The Bible says, Ephesians 5, 19, well, let's skip down to verse number 20. The Bible says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, verse 21, Ephesians 5, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. And he's the Savior of the body. And then we'll skip down to uh, just to make sure that we uh, get uh, the man in there. Verse 25, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. You go down to chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And and it goes on. Look at verse five of chapter six. Servants, be obedient unto them. uh, Be be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of heart, not with eye service and so forth. So this goes. This the the need to, to be filled with the Spirit of God is not just for when we're at church or not when we're just got some churchy opportunity or something, folks. It has to do with the home. It has to do with our relationships. It has to do with us on our jobs. In other words, it has to do with our lives every single day. Power for a living, just like some piece of equipment. By the way, uh, uh, Joel uh, came up really big on Sunday, and um, the, uh, in, in a couple different ways, he, he helped us in Sunday school, and then he helped us when we when Veronica and um, and. Ezra got up here to sing and they got up here on those mics and we the, the, we didn't have this dilly on I think that's what it's officially called. We didn't have this thing on up here. And so they're up here on the microphone singing. And I'm just like, something's not right. And you could kind of hear them. And then finally Joel comes up and turns. It's the same thing, right? We've got a great sound system here. Uh, and You know, and there's a good illustration, isn't it? There's a lot of work that's already gone into it. And there's things that we need to figure out. Things that we should do and not do, amen, with it. But regardless, it's a lot like us as Christians in our lives. It's like God has equipped us. God has empowered us. He's put us in the place. He's put us into our marriages. He's put us into our relationships. He's put us onto our jobs. He's put us into these situations because we are equipped through Him to be able to to handle it. But if we're not plugged in, things aren't going to be going so smooth. And you can hit it, and you can do what you want to do with it. Isn't it funny how we we can do something like that with electronics? You know, you try to hit a button... I just heard my wife with a sigh or a scoff over there uh, because she's just like that, you know. Get this thing on; just got to press this button right here, right here, right here. It's like that's not helping it, you know. But isn't that what we do? But I'm telling you, uh, Bud's back there doing—I think he's got a hammer. All right, Uh, but you know, by the way, but you know, that's what we do in our Christian lives. And I'm telling you, that's what so many times, that's one of the reasons, believe it or not, that there's a certain element of, of, of legalism, if you will, that actually appeals to many people because we can just make you do it. Yeah. You don't have to pray about it. We're going to tell you every, how to cross every I, cross, dot every T. And however else you're going to do it because you don't have to think. And we're going to pound it into you, by golly. And I'm telling you, there's some. And, 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 and you come to church, man, I really need church today. Why? I need a fresh pounding. I need to get smacked in the head real good so I can go out. Listen, that's not what it's about, amen? That's not the Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life. But it's kind of that way. Why is it? We, we are equipped. We, I am equipped to be a great husband. Amen? <laughs> but I'm not always a great husband. Why? Because I'm not plugged in right? I'm equipped to be a great pastor and a great preacher, but why Why am I not always that? Because I'm not always plugged in. A great dad, I'm not plugged in. On, on the job, I'm not plugged in. And when I'm not plugged in, yes, I have this capability, but I'm not working and I can get frustrated and I can hit on, on as much as I want to. Does anybody else like to do that, by the way? You're the machinery and you hit on yourself. Yes, that's good. I mean, you're just like how sorry and blah, blah, blah. And you just beat yourself down over and over again. Folks, God knows who you are. Of course you're sorry. You're a sinner that's been saved by God's grace. Amen. But you've got a God in heaven that the Bible says he remembers that you're dust. He remembers that you're dirt. And he's just like, when you get it, when you quit looking at yourself for a minute, Amen. start looking in the Word. Start looking at me. I will empower you. Get plugged in. Amen. It's almost just like that. It's just, just like that. Uh, that person that tries to help, you know, when you make that phone call. I mean, oh, I'm having trouble here. I'm having trouble there. And it's almost the same thing. Sometimes we just got to ask ourselves the question Are you plugged in? Are you hooked up to the power source? Because it's very practical. See, the apostles experienced repeated feelings after their initial experience at Pentecost. Uh, Paul wrote that the Spirit's fullness is needed again, again in the home. Our homes, specifically, since it's here in the context that we'll get to eventually, if our homes are to be heaven on earth, then we must be controlled by the Spirit. But how can a person tell whether or not he's filled with the Spirit? That's a great question. But right here it tells us, verses 19, 20, 21 through 33, Paul stated that there's at least three evidences of the fullness of the Spirit of God in our lives. Uh, Ephesians verse five nineteen, we are thankful and, 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 and we're singing praises. We have praise and thanksgiving, uh, verse 20. We're submissive one to another. We're joyful, thankful, submissive. I'm sorry. I did those verses back we're joyful. Verse 19, thankful. Verse 20, submissive. Verses 21 through 33, submitting one to another, Paul, this is this cool. Be not drunk with wine wearing is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And he goes on to give you all these things. But you know what he never says? And he says, speaking to yourselves in an unknown tongue. And, and please, if anybody ever asks you if you believe in tongues, please do not say no. Answer that you believe in the ones of the Bible or something to that extent. Because there's tongues in the Bible, folks. But see, what the devil likes to do and what false doctrine likes to do is they like to use the same vocabulary but change definitions. And you can have issues that way. I believe in the ones in the Bible. What were the ones in the Bible? Go over to Acts chapter 2 and you can read it. The Bible says they heard every man speak in their tongue where they were born. Yes. amen. And they, they listed it. So in other words, they were speaking in, in other languages. It was a gift. It was a sign to the Jews mm-hmm. and so forth. But it's interesting here. Be filled with the Spirit. Amen. And do what? Speak to yourselves in Psalms. Be joyful. Be thankful. Be submissive one to another. Serve. Be a blessing. Um, Speak the word with boldness. I can think of other places where it tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Speaking the word with boldness. Uh, I I like what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. It's power for living. It's power for service. It's power for sanctification. The work of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives is. So, um... Spurgeon once said, When home is ruled according to God's Word, angels might be asked to stay with us, and they would not find themselves out of their element. The trouble is is that many homes are not governed by God's Word. And by the way, forgive me for the introduction, I'm going to try to give you as much, and I'm going to try to get it to where you can walk away tonight with some good instruction on, on how to be and make sure that you are filled with the Spirit. I won't be able to cover it all tonight, but uh, the trouble with many homes, because a part of it is they're not governed by God's word. You can mark one thing down right now, folks. The Holy Spirit of God is the one that inspired this book. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And there's a few things you, you will know about the Holy Spirit of God. We, we are filled with the Spirit of God when we are submissive to the word of God. Amen. We never need to say things like, if the word of God, we never need to say something like, I know the Bible says this, but the Spirit had not spoke to me about it. That's like so disingenuous. It's, it's, like, it's like, you know, one of my kids, me leaving them a note says, hey, be sure you take out the trash before the day is done. I get home. Well, you never told me that. What do you mean I never told you? I left you a note. Well, no, you never spoke verbally to me. Well, what's the difference? It's got my signature on it. I've told you what to do. Too many people pray about stuff. Now, we need to pray about things. Don't get me wrong. I'm praying about it. You know, I'm really praying about, you know, following this direct thing that God's told me to do. Well, bless your heart. You are so spiritual. I can't believe I get to be in your presence. You're praying about it. You're praying about something God told you to do? When I'm saying praying about whether or not you ought to do it? I'm not sure. You know, the Spirit of God really hasn't spoken to me. Oh, oh aren't you special uh no the spirit of god has spoken to you amen and he's spoken to me as well you don't you don't need a you don't need a voice when you got a verse amen and i could say i could say uh, also you have a voice when you got a verse he's spoken through his word but also there's something else about the holy spirit of god it is when we submit to the word of god that is one of the key things to being filled with the holy spirit of god Uh, So, again, when we think about these homes not governed by the Word of God, that's what happens in our homes. That's what's wrong sometimes in our lives as Christians. Why we don't experience the victory and the successes that we need to have is because our lives and our homes are not being governed by God's Word. If we're not careful, we take it buffet style. I like a good buffet. Anytime you meet, mention Pizza Ranch, I get excited. Uh, I really do. Mention an item, ooh, Pizza Ranch. I like Pizza Ranch. Why? Because you get to pick and choose what you want. Amen. But that's not the way we treat God's word, or where to treat God's word. We don't have the, We don't need to have that buffet style. We don't need to have a rebellious side. We don't need to say, "Well, I know God's word says this," but, folks, our homes and lives too many times are not governed by God's word. So. As a result of that, that's why within churches, it's, 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 a, it's a scary statistic that within the, the, the divorce rates within Bible preaching churches, some of those numbers are alarming and scary. Uh, too many marriages in, end up in divorce and, uh, and, and nobody even knows how many husbands and wives are emotionally divorced, even though they share the same address. Uh, the poet William Cowper called the home the only bliss of paradise that has survived the fall. That's good, isn't it? The on- that's, I, never, I thought it's a great thought. The only bliss of paradise, the Garden of Eden, that survived the, the fall is the home. But unfortunately, there's too many times that our home was turned into the outpost of hell instead of a parcel of paradise as God meant for it to be. So what is the answer? The answer is the Holy Spirit of God. Being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. The answer is Him. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit of God that we can walk in harmony as husbands and wives it's only uh, that we can walk the the only way we can as parents and children walk in harmony and bring our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord not provoke them to wrath which just basically means not to make them angry uh, you know I mean or not to intentionally just make them angry Uh, we can't do those things in and of ourselves but through the spirit of God how can we have the right relationships on our jobs whether you're a boss or whether you're an employee or whether you're middle management whether you're a student whatever the case is folks if we God says if we just follow his word it's gonna show in all these places in our lives. And it listen the, the, the Holy Spirit of God's filling in your life Will, uh, will be translated into daily living, and we can enjoy the harmony, uh, and that is the foretaste of heaven on earth by submitting to the Word of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So uh, I'll try to give to you quickly that, that, that the prescription here. In other words, it's being commanded. Notice what he says there in uh, chapter 5, verse 18. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but what's it say? Be filled with the Spirit. Now, this isn't an optional thing. God is telling you to be filled with the Spirit. Now, it's really important to understand a couple of things without uh, going, you know, being too uh, redundant here. But I'll say this about being filled with the Spirit. It's pretty cool when you look at some of the verbiage. Number one, the command is plural, so it applies to all Christians. Oh, preacher, I know you need to be filled with the spirit, but you know, I don't even teach and I don't sing. So I don't really need. No, but if you are in this world and you're saved, you need to be spirit filled and you're commanded to be spirit filled. So it's a uh, it's a uh, command. It's a uh, the the, the tense of the verb is plural uh, or I'm sorry, it's plural. But then the, the tense is a present tense. In other words, it carries the idea of keep being filled, keep being filled. So, it's an experience that we should enjoy constantly and not just on some occasion. The verb is passive. We do not fill ourselves, but we're filled with the Spirit. In other words, we are controlled by the Spirit of God. I'll give you a couple examples to understand this about being filled with the Spirit. I know we we hear that and we think about filling up a cup, filling up a tank. And there's some good application to be made with that. But it's important to understand that the real meaning of being filled, it carries the idea of being controlled by. There's a good example of this. Uh, Luke 4, 28, the Bible says that they were filled with wrath. Therefore, they moved about to start. it, 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 It controlled them, their wrath. They were filled with wrath. Therefore, they were moved to put Jesus to death. Uh, The Jews were filled with envy, the Bible says. And as a result of that, they opposed the ministry of Paul and Barnabas. So to be filled with the Spirit means to be controlled by the Spirit in our mind, our emotions, and our will. Now when a person trusts Christ, he immediately is baptized into Christ. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13... That we are baptized by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. And that happens at salvation. This is very important here in regards to doctrine. Nowhere in the New Testament are we commanded to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Nowhere. You know why? Because this is a once and for all experience that takes place at conversion. And so it's, we're not commanded to. See, most of the Spirit's ministries to believers are once for all. Sovereign acts of God that have been mentioned throughout the chapters of Ephesians. The indwelling. We're not commanded to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Because if you're saved, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his in Romans chapter number 8. The indwelling, the baptism, the sealing, the earnest of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit are in no way dependent on us. If we're saved, those works of the Holy Spirit of God are there. They are wrought in us by the Holy Spirit at the time of conversion. They are irreversible and they are irrevocable. However, the feeling is not so. The feeling is conditional. And it depends on our cooperation with the indwelling Spirit of God. See, the baptism of the Spirit means that I belong to Christ's body. The feeling of the Holy Spirit means that my body belongs to Christ. In Romans chapter number 12, it's a a verse that that I've used many times, but it's a verse that needs to be used uh, many times. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So this kind of answers the question, because I at least want to get this. I want to make this statement that how... Can I be filled with the Spirit of God? How can I, how may I be filled with the Spirit of God? It starts, number one, you've got to be saved and have the Spirit of God. But if you're saved, it starts with yielding your life. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans, it says to yield to Him. See, when I, I want to tell you something. Contrary to some false teaching... When the Holy Spirit of God convicted your heart about salvation, you had a choice right then. You had a choice on whether to accept the Lord or not. And if you accepted Christ as your Savior, I want you to understand something. You also accepted Christ as Lord. But you yielded to the Spirit of God. Now, after you get saved by God's grace, you're saved. The Bible says if you're truly saved, you're saved eternally. But here's the thing about it. God God did not force you to be saved. God will not force you to be sanctified. God commands you to be spirit-filled, but He will not make you be spirit-filled. In other words, how am I going to be spirit-filled? It starts with yielding. Those verses we just read out of Romans, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present. Your bodies. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In other words, here am I, Lord. I give my mind to you. I give my all to you. So the way we're going to be Spirit-filled, the way God's going to have more of us, is only for us to give Him more of us. We have some funny sayings. You ever have anybody come over to your house and you say, Make yourself at home! We say that. Christian come over, you know. Hey, yeah, make yourself at home, buddy. Well, you know what? I appreciate that because I'm a little tired. I think I'm going upstairs. I want to go take a nap in your room. Whoa. I didn't really mean Christian. Okay, maybe I meant help yourself to what's in the kitchen. All right. Uh, And you can sit over on the couch, but not the recliner. Okay. Uh, That's my recliner. Uh, So. You see what I'm saying? Make yourself at home. You know, that's what we do to the Lord. We're being polite. That's polite, right? And there's this, man, I tell you, it's funny. Uh, down south, we do this. We do it everywhere. We do it here too, but I'm telling you, down south, man, we could do it to a fault. Uh, we might just have one hot dog and you have eight people over. Are you? do you want something to eat? We got plenty. That's how you're polite down south, but also down south, the way you're also polite back is by saying, oh, no, we're, we're fine. You don't accept it. Well, I can remember I, I was in, uh, first moved to Pier and I, I learned that lesson the hard way about being polite. Uh, I asked the collegian guy, hey, is there anything, if there's anything I can help you with, just let me know. I didn't mean that for anything. <laughs> That's just a way of being nice, you know. I mean, but he, he looks at me, and he looks quite surprised, you know. I guess he hadn't had that offer too many times. And he says, well, would you mind crawling under the house? He said, there's a shut-off valve right under the kitchen. If you wouldn't mind going and shutting that off for me. And I'm like, dude, you're not supposed to take me up on this. I was just being polite. And you're supposed to be polite back and say, no, that's fine. I've got it. So if you ever go down south, you know how this thing works, all right? But And what you say, what would you do? I went and did it because I offered him. I'm like, what's that guy? What's his problem? I mean, the nerve of this guy. Uh, but here's the point I'm trying to make. We be polite. Oh, make yourself at home. Flying through our teeth. Because it's really limited. <laughs> right? But that's how we can do I'm telling you, that's a funny thing. But you know what's sad? How many Christians do that to Jesus? Amen. Oh Lord, I give you my life. Except for upstairs. And except for the recliner. <laughs> you know. Except for this. Young people, Lord, I give it all to you except for my future. I've already got that determined. Amen, Amen. Or mom or daddy's got it determined for me. Amen. I can't give that to the Lord, but I'll give you everything else. And Lord, I, I surrender everything. Okay, what about spending a little bit more time with me? Well, well, how much time are we talking here? Well, what do you mean how much time you talking? I mean, I thought you surrendered. Amen. Lord, I'm... I surrender everything. God, there are some things in my life that are a hindrance, that are keeping me from being. You know what? Some of us, some of us struggle. We probably, many of us struggle with our thought life and minds and temptations and everything. Well, it doesn't help if you're filling your mind full of garbage. Yeah, that's right. And if you're listening to garbage and you're watching garbage and then you wonder, pray for me. I've got these terrible temptations. I'm not praying for you. I'm praying for you that you'll quit doing it. I'm not praying for you to be the exception to the rule that Amen. you can just keep walking in obedient disobedience and God's going to bless you anyway. No, I'm going to pray for you but I'm going to pray for you that you surrender that part to God. Amen. Well, I'm not really interested in surrendering that to God. Why not? That's right. Why not? Amen. But that's how we do. Oh, Lord, yes, I surrender all. Do you surrender all? Because if we're going to be Spirit-filled, we need to surrender all. And I tell you what, I want to challenge each and every one of you tonight to do this. I want to challenge everyone here tonight, if you're saved. If you're not saved, please be saved before you, trust Christ before you leave here. But if you're saved, I want to challenge you to do this. Number one, I challenge you on the stretch goal part of it, I guess. I pray that you'd get in this altar tonight and say, Lord, I give it all. I give it all. But I understand this, because I understand this. Don't just say that to be polite. Amen. Mean it. Now here's the thing. Here's my next challenge. Part B. If you have a hard time meaning that tonight, say, say Lord, I really know I need to surrender it all. I asked earlier, why, why don't we give it all to the Lord? Because we don't trust the Lord. Amen. Why can't we give God our future? Why can't we say, God, I'm going to wait and marry whoever you send Amen. my way. In the meantime, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. Yes. I'm going to, I, I want to live the future that you have for me. Whatever that may be, God, I surrender. Well, but God, if God, What if God says this? What if God makes me marry somebody ugly? <laughs> it happened to my wife, but you don't see her complaining. You might hear her complaining if you listen, but no, but I mean, trust. You trust this God with your soul. Can you not trust Him with your finances? No. Can you not trust Him with your marriage? Can you not trust Him with your future? Can you not trust Him with your life? Can you not, can you not trust Him with your mind? I mean, listen, we've got so many things competing against us. And, and if we're not careful, man, so many times... I was thinking the other day about Satan. I was thinking about temptations that we face. Because if we're not careful, we purchase what Satan sells. You know what advertising is? Advertise, the goal of advertising is to get you to think that you need something that you don't have. And in most cases, that you need something that you don't really need. Right? That's, that's one of the goals in advertising. But see, here's the thing about Satan. He will, he, he, he's, a, he's a pretty good, he's a great salesman. He's a great salesman. And what he'll say is, wouldn't you like to have this? I sure would. I would like to have this instant gratification. I'm tired of waiting on God. Anybody? Don't say amen. You can, though. I'm getting it's hard waiting on God. But don't quit. Amen. Don't quit. You can trust it. So Satan comes along. Oh, hey, wait a second. Here's this advertisement. You can have it now. Oh, great. But you gotta remember something. You always gotta think, well, how much is this gonna cost? And Satan says, oh, it's only a hundred bucks a month. Well, I can swing a hundred. That's not too much to pay. In other words, Satan says, yeah, you know, you're you're going to go against what the Lord said, but ultimately it's going to be okay. You know, you ever get into that stuff? You know, I mean, uh, but but, but if you learn anything along the way, you start saying, wait, 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 wait." (laughs) how many months are we talking here? How many months are we talking? Oh, well, we don't need to talk about months. Hey, you can afford that. No, but there's a whole lot more to pay down the road. You need to stop and find out how much this thing's really going to cost. How much is it really going to cost to get ahead of God? How much is it really going to cost your marriage to keep doing things your way? How much is it really going to cost you to keep doing, to to keep, get your priorities off order and and be going after all the materialism of this world? My, my, My point is this. If, 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 you have a tough time saying, God, I'm giving you my future, my finances, God, everything I can think of, Lord, I'm giving it to you. But if you can't do that tonight, because that's how we're going to be Spirit-filled. And by the way, let me tell you something about being Spirit-filled. The the reason it says keep being filled with the Spirit is is the the verbiage there and the tense there is because of this. You can honestly be filled with one Spirit, filled with the Spirit. I was going to say one Spirit. That's a whole other message. But you can be filled with the Spirit one moment, I could, be filled. I could be filled with the Spirit up here preaching tonight. Get back there in the back and all of a sudden somebody get me angry. Well, there that went. Yeah. That's how it goes. Amen. You say, what do you do? I go back and say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm going to submit to the Word of God. I'm, I'm going to uh, get this thing right because that's the way it works. Understand that. Amen. But the idea is still give your all. Give it all. Heard years ago, and you say, what do I do if I I surrender everything and then I realize there were some things I didn't surrender? Because if you you begin to surrender and let God have His way in your life, the longer you go, God's going to say, oh yeah, I want that too. I want that too. Whoa, Lord. Not that. Not this. I'm not talking about giving up sinful things here, people. I'm talking about cutting down some lumber in your life. And what I mean by that is, there was a... A group of Israelites that inherited their land. And they said, they told Joshua, there's not enough room here for us. See, me, we don't have enough room for God. I don't have time for God in my I've got this going on, that going on. Uh, Joshua looks at him and says, go cut down those trees that are taking up space. There's nothing wrong with trees. But what he's saying is, you can have more room if you get some of these other things out of your life. So sometimes there may be something that there's nothing wrong with. Uh, That God says, I want that. It was a tough day when God told me that he wanted Dan Patrick. I'm sorry. (laughs) Dan Patrick is a three-hour radio show. And if I could, I want all three hours of it. I mean, and and, and there's several other shows like that. I've, I've got to record that. And God says, you know what? Well, and I don't have time for this and that. God said, you need, you need to cut that out. Yeah. Or you at least need to cut it down. I still listen to Dan Patrick when I can, but you know what? It's not a thing to where, oh, got to, got to watch Dan Patrick. Got to record it and watch it later. So you know what? It's like, I, you know, I don't have time for that. That's a silly illustration, but I'm just trying to point out that it's not always some blaring sinful thing. Sometimes I just need to get these little things out of my life. And all, all I'm asking you to challenge you on is this tonight. Will you surrender all? Will you give it all tonight? And if you're, if you're not, if you have a tough time doing that, which I understand, will you at least say, Lord, I have a trouble surrendering it all, but will you help me to surrender all? There was a man that came to Jesus and he said, and Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believeth. And that man looks at Jesus and this helps me so much because he said this, Lord, I believe. Remember what else he said? Lord, help thou mine unbelief. That's kind of how I feel sometimes. Lord, I surrender. And then that one thing comes to my mind. Lord, help me to surrender that. Help my heart to get tender because I really want to lay it all out. And if we, that's one of the first steps because we do that. We submit to God's Word. We submit to Him. And, and, and through that, it says that we're being controlled. And I, uh, I'll talk next time about being drunk with wine, wearing excess, being filled with the Spirit, the, the contrast, the difference that it'll make in your life. And I didn't get to that part because all I'm telling you is it'll make a difference. But next time, I'll tell you about the difference that it will make in your life uh, when you surrender and when your Spirit-filled. And uh, submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let's all stand please.